Christianity is not boring. <laughs> right. It's it's actually it's actually pretty incredible. Mm. I mean, when you see somebody's ears be opened, when you see uh, when you see somebody's arm be healed, when you mm-hmm. see uh, God move in radical ways, mm. it it takes somebody who might be radically following the world and go, no, that's like that is trash compared mm-hmm. to the radical of following Jesus. Yeah. And so it's a it's a radical generation. It's yeah. a generation that's gonna live for something radical. They're gonna change the world for one way or another. But they need to be invited not into another natural option, but into a supernatural yeah. option. Welcome to Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Cyber and the Antioch Movement. Whether this is your first time with us or you've been with us for a while now, our desire is that by the end of our time together, you can say that you've fallen more in love with Jesus and have a greater passion for Him and His purposes in the earth. Thanks so much for joining us. We hope that you enjoy today's episode. All right, everybody. Well, another day of passion and purpose. I'm just so excited about this podcast journey, and I really want to thank everybody for uh, taking the journey with us. And um, today, I'm privileged to have with me Luke White. Many of you guys know Luke, famous husband, father, uh, here locally. We know him not only as a businessman, but as our college pastor here at Antioch Waco. And um, I wanted to spend today talking about the power of God moving in students' lives. Um, I know, Luke, for you and Rachel, college was pivotal. It was that time when you encountered Jesus in a way that would change the trajectory of your life. So just take us back a little bit to your own journey as a college student and give us a little context for why you do what you do today. Thanks, Jimmy. Um, Yeah, I mean, just it's kind of fresh on my mind as we're kicking off the school year uh, and looking at all these wily freshmen coming in from all over the world and remembering what I was like as a freshman coming into Baylor University in 2007. Mm -hmm. And I would say um, I had confidence, but I was clueless at the same time. Confident, but clueless. There you go. (laughs) And my confidence was really focused on uh, the things that I could do or my personality or my ability to interact with people where I was clueless was really in who I was. Right. And I, up until that point, had always been kind of a shapeshifter personality. Mm -hmm. I would blend into whatever environment that I was in, whether it was the party scene, whether it was the young life scene, whether it was occasionally the church scene. And so I came in with this hodgepodge identity really to college. And it, it for me took years of adding to that identity in fraternity life, in um, being a part of the lacrosse team. And just, again, was feeding off of who I am is who I am with. Mm-hmm. It is what I do. Right. And it was really lacking in who Jesus says that I was. So as always, that got you in a tough place. Uh, that didn't end. Uh, Absolutely. Didn't, didn't drive you towards righteousness. Yeah. So you and Rachel found yourself kind of way away from God, kind of struggling. Take us into how you met with Jesus, kind of in the midst of that journey. Yeah. So it was sophomore year, and um, uh, basically it was just an encounter with the living God. It was an encounter with Him and a an awakening to my brokenness after having lived a very numb life to my sin and brokenness, kind of living um, numb in my ignorance to how destructive my lifestyle actually was. Mm. And 
it was at my home church in Denver, Colorado, where I had a, mm. uh, an encounter. It was fairly run-of-the-mill church, great great people, but sure. uh, fairly average church. And I uh, remember sitting in the back row, and it was a Good Friday service where they gave an altar call at the end and invited mm. anybody who felt a nudge from God to come up to the front. And I thought it was just myself that I was arguing with, but it turned out I was having a little wrestle with God about mm. his invitation to the front. And so I came forward and I just was in a puddle of tears, just totally weeping in the presence mm. of God and um, undone in my sin, undone in my brokenness. And while I'd like to say that triggered my transformation instantaneously, really that that triggered the beginning of a journey. Mm. And after that encounter with God, the X factor that I'd been missing, because I had had other God encounters, but I'd never had discipleship. Mm. I'd never had somebody actually invest in my life and call me to a higher standard of living based right. off of who Jesus says that I am and who the Bible says that we are to be. And came back and <laughs> I remember I had a guy in my fraternity that was the weirdest Jesus guy that I knew. and Probably after, a friend of mine. Uh, you, some of you might know him, and I'll, <laughs> I'll even give him a little credit on the podcast. Uh, Andrew Zanaco. Oh, Andrew, awesome. who is... You know, so radical that he went and got these goofy Jesus tattoos on his mm -hmm. forearms that he right. still wears today. <laughs> and I just remember going, coming back from that God encounter going, I don't know what I need, but I know that I need to be around people that are radically following God. Yep. So I hit Zanako up. He invited me to this thing called Dwelling Place, which mm -hmm. was the college service at the time, and just began going. I remember sitting in the back. Uh, which fast forward to literally last night, I'm preaching a message on identity and remembering what that was like to sit in the back of the auditorium. Carl Gulley was the college pastor mm -hmm, at the time. Mm -hmm. And uh, and he would be speaking on things that I know I'd heard stories of before, sure. but it was like the Spirit of God worked through Carl in those times to take me 10 times deeper in the mm. revelation of who God was and mm. who God is and who I am in response to his love for me mm. and uh, getting connected to life group and finding other people that were trying to figure out this thing mm. <laughs> called following Jesus. I developed real friendships, authentic friendships mm. that cared about me and my faith more than they cared about making me feel good or look good or, or whatever. Mm. And mm. Um, that began a really transformative experience. Rachel simultaneously was kind of going through a similar deal mm -hmm. of having um, having a moment where she just really came to her end, and it was actually through us breaking up in that mm -hmm. time uh, that she realized I've got uh, man will always let me down, but if I can put my hope in God, it will change me forever. Mm. And she might say that differently. Uh, sure. For sure say everything more concisely. Um, yeah. But yeah, that really began our journey. And getting connected to community uh, was such a, a game changer for us. So so obviously, you know, you're talking about just here's, here's these things that you encountered that now uh, you find true of all college students, right? I mean, there's such a transformative time in people's lives one way or the other. So for anybody listening, you know, who is saying, all right, um, uh, I, I know that God is out there. I know that I've, I've tasted before, maybe in college I tasted yeah. something. I want to re-engage what God's doing in my life. Or I want to just be aware to start investing in students. Tell me the power of college students. What, 
why do you invest in college students? What are the kind of two or three things you see? Hey, these are key areas for a student. This <laughs> yeah. is what we're all about. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm blown away by this generation. And, and contrary to some of the, maybe the publicity that this generation uh, gets, I really believe it's a group of people that when they get the why, they'll give their lives to whatever it is. Yeah. Wow. When they understand who God is and how much he really loves them, they'll give everything away and not even blink an eye. Like wow. they, they really don't care about success and money and mm-hmm. everything as much as uh, maybe the media chalks it up to be. They just, they want to, they want to live for something bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. And if their God, their perspective of God is, is too small, mm-hmm. then they're going to find something that's bigger. Right. They're going to find some, an All idea, yeah. a movement, something that seems bigger than themselves. Mm-hmm. And it's because their perspective of God is too small. Mm-hmm. And uh, just yesterday we were going through Ephesians on identity. And this specific verse in Ephesians uh, 1, 17, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. And as I was chewing on that yesterday, I was just realizing, man, if we don't have an updated revelation of who God is for our Mm -hmm. current season of life, then our perspective of God remains an 18-year-old, whereas we become a 30, 40, Mm 50-year-old. Our revelation of who God is has to grow with our own maturing process. That's great. And so for many students that come in, they they really, those that grew up in a home, I notice they kind of feel like maybe I've got this thing figured out. And yet they have a 16-year-old perspective and revelation of who God is. Mm-hmm. And if we can put them in, a, in an environment where they experience the presence of God, and if mm-hmm. we can get them in the Word of God and let the Word of God bring them fresh revelation of who God is, mm-hmm. then that becomes a foundational piece that from that point forward, they build their life on. Mm. And they have this unique window in time, I believe, that is their college years to to discover who they are. But if they don't discover who Jesus is, mm-hmm. then they look to everybody else to tell them who they are. Yeah, you know, I because um, <clears throat> I used to work with students predominantly for, for as well, by while, the way. Yeah. Kind of so the, o, the so, OG college pastor. That's right. <laughs> but but the, I, I've always said the three big questions are, who am I? Who's God? And what is my purpose? And that that doesn't change, right? That's the human soul. Who is God, right? And who am I in relationship to God or life? And then what's my purpose? And I've added a fourth one, and that's who am I going to do it with? So it's who who am I? Who's God? What's my purpose? And who am I going to do it with? Super, super and, good. And everybody is after that. The thing is, though, it's kind of like with students— this isn't a complete statement, as most of my statements are not. But it but is, the good statement. But it is a partially uh, partial statement that is true, and that is in one way those college years are your last stop before life gets really serious. Absolutely. I know most students think life's really serious, but <laughs> but what happens is if you don't make that decision at twenty or twenty-two, when you have latitude to really explore. Who am I? Who's God? What's my purpose? Who I want to do this with? If you don't make that turn, it gets tougher. First Absolutely. job, 
uh, relationship, children. I mean, man, it gets very difficult to grasp those kind of bigger questions. So you, you, uh, you, you hit on the deal about encountering God, identity, huge. So what about, what do you think uniquely, what do you, it, just even in this season, what are you focusing on? What do you think kind of some of the key go-to deals you're trying to get into the people you're discipling <laughs> and mentoring? I mean, students are craving adventure. Yeah. They're craving something again bigger than themselves, but they want to they want to live a radical story. Right. And they try to portray radical stories through their social media, but sure. really they're 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 longing to be a part and caught up in a story bigger than themselves. Mm. And that is the essence of the gospels, the essence of the story of the church. Mm. We just have to invite them into that story. Yeah. <laughs> and that's Huge. why we're spending a lot of time in the Word of God when we're teaching, yeah. Because we have to anchor them in something that is mm-hmm. resolute, that is concrete, uh, instead of something that is arbitrary and and ever changing. Mm. And uh, if students can understand that following Jesus is the is the wildest ride of their life, mm-hmm. it is the greatest adventure, oh it is it is the greatest story, mm-hmm. then. Then they can't wait to get out and 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 contribute and serve yeah. and lay down their lives. Um, but if they continue to believe that Christianity is a boring set of do's and don'ts, right. and that their faith has to do with whether or not they'll ever attain perfection, whether or mm. not they'll ever um, stop doing the sin that they're trying to stop yeah. doing, it's it's that's so secondary to them finding their identity in Jesus and allowing Jesus to invite them onto this wild adventure. Yeah. And along the way, discover more about who they're made to be. Mm-hmm. But again, that's secondary to them knowing God all the more. And so, um, I, I remember you and I talking about uh, this just a few months ago. And what I what the, the way that I uh, would often say it is, you know, I didn't grow up in the church. So when I met a bunch of students who did, who came in to college, you know, they had been sold this gospel basically of be a good kid, don't be a bad kid, Exactly. go to church, be nice, not mean, um, and everyone's all the friends in need, you know, be a person who helps somebody in need, right? Mm-hmm. So so that's kind of the deal. And I thought, what a drag. I mean, is that what life's about, just <laughs> being good instead of versus being bad? Yeah. You know, everyone's all doing a good deed instead of just selfishness. Mm-hmm. There's got to be more to it. And then as I read the gospel and saw the power of God healing, yes. D- deliverances for people, miracles happening. I thought, obviously, they're not doing any of this yeah. because this is the adventure. Yeah. The adventure is the supernatural side. Absolutely. And I know that sometimes, you know, because we've all talked about this, that struggle of how do you bridge people in, you know, don't overwhelm them with kind of super spirituality, if you mm-hmm. will. And at the same time, <laughs> I I think I'm convinced that unless it is supernatural Absolutely. unless it is the kingdom activity like hey we are going to see miracles we are going to pray for the sick we are going to pray for people's breakthroughs beyond what some psychologists can do i mean we are like in it for yeah. the supernatural so talk to me a little bit about that <laughs> totally. versus tiptoeing around it versus just diving in yeah there's just there's great na- there's there's good natural options out there Yes. And if they're trying to go for the natural options of Christianity, it's going to be a competitive market. Absolutely. But when you get into the supernatural, mm-hmm. it'll it'll totally it'll 
it'll it'll transport them out of their current reality mm-hmm. into a greater reality. Mm-hmm. And I think of growing up, I had this this book called Jesus Freaks. It was written by oh, yeah. some yeah, of the guys yeah. from DC Talk, and that. it sat yeah. on the back of. Uh, uh, my toilet in the bathroom, yeah. so it was, it was a daily mm-hmm. read. Mm-hmm. And I remember reading through these stories, and it was like, you know, guys in Russia that were strapped to a pole in the communist era, and mm-hmm. and angels visit them, and they they are radically set free. And, and I remember mm-hmm. reading these stories going, that, that Christianity looks awesome. Mm-hmm. But if only it weren't in this little fairy tale book. Right. Because I truly believe that that type of Christianity was – was somewhat of a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It wasn't until I came and was surrounded by other believers that operated in the supernatural, in in that which is not natural, that which is mm-hmm. not seen, stuff that blows people's minds, healing, signs, wonders, mm-hmm. that I realized, oh, Christianity's not boring. <laughs> right. It's it's actually it's actually pretty incredible. Mm. I mean, when you see somebody's ears be open, when you see uh, when you see somebody's arm be healed, when you mm-hmm. see uh, God move in radical ways, mm. it it takes somebody who might be radically following the world and go, no, that's like, that is trash compared mm-hmm. to the radical of following Jesus. Yeah. And so it's a, it's a radical generation. It's yeah. a generation that's going to live for something radical. They're going to change the world for one way or another, but they need to be invited not into another natural option, but into a supernatural option. Uh, that is, I mean, absolutely, man. You know, I'm sold out on that, <laughs> and because I, I often thought, like as a like as a new believer, I thought, man, if if this thing isn't supernatural, then why in the world am I doing religion? I yeah. mean, religion needs to be supernatural relationship with God. I got to be able to yes. know Him, feel, taste, and touch, as the Apostle John said. Yes. I I got to be able to have community that goes beyond my natural affinities, mm-hmm. right? There's a supernatural mm-hmm. even community that heart connect rather than just my affinities. Mm-hmm. Um, I got to feel like I actually can share the gospel with somebody and see them come to Jesus and see supernatural conversion or pray for a breakthrough and expect it's going to happen, whatever it is. And um, and that's what I'm excited yeah. about this ride, right? And that's what we all signed up for because I read the Bible and thought, I'd like to do that. But I saw religion. And I thought, I'm not, I'm not into that. Mm-hmm. But if, it, if we're going to go for what we see in the Bible, then, then let's do it. And and I know that's what you're about. Absolutely. I'm just grateful, grateful for you. La- last thing I'll say off of that, yeah. I, I'd grown up a Christian and never shared the gospel until I came to Awaken my uh, junior year of college. Wow. And I remember coming in, they said, hey, we're going to go out and share the gospel. And I literally was thinking to myself, what? What's that actually mean? Mm-hmm. And so they gave me a track, Steps to Peace for, with God, yeah. as usual. And going out and watching what would happen, one, in rejection, sure. and dealing with the rejection yeah, yeah. of when right. I tried to share, right. and, and God really did a work in, in that in and of itself. But then seeing when people respond to the gospel for the first time. And change your life. It'll change your life forever. Yeah. And it, it, isn't that interesting, like you said? I mean, and, and I know a little bit of your background. You grew up in good churches with great people that really loved you and you know and and though you were it was never normative to share the gospel personally mm-hmm. i'm sure you heard the gospel many times oh, in the front and people with great hearts led uh, that journey 
but that individual ownership is just huge and i think that's what everybody wants mm -hmm. well we could talk all day but let's wrap it up and my prayer is that whoever listens to this that we not only say golly what do students need but what do i need and if you answer that question you can meet with god today so enjoyed it my brother love Thanks, you bro appreciate you having me Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Passion and Purpose, a podcast with Jimmy Seibert and the Antioch Movement. For more information, please visit jimmycybert.com and antioch.org. We'll see you next time.